stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I had the opportunity a few years ago to interview a woman by the name of Wanique Horn Miller. You may have heard of her. She won a gold medal for Canada, the 1999 Pan American Games, competed for Canada at the Olympics in 2000. In fact, was the first Mohawk woman to compete for Canada at the Olympic level. Wanique Horn Miller is certainly very proud of her Mohawk heritage, is from Ganawake. In fact, as a 14 year old, was stabbed by a bayonet in the 1990 Oka crisis. So to suggest that this is someone who in any way has abandoned or betrayed her Mohawk roots, I think would be very insulting. Yet a few years ago, I had the opportunity to interview Wendy Cornmiller. She, like some others in the community of Ganawake, were being banished, were being ordered to leave because of a law passed by the Ganawake Mohawk Council that essentially bans mixed-race couples. Any member of the community who marries a non-Mohawk or non-First Nation individual must leave. That was the law. Well, a number of residents took that to court and secured a victory this week. That law has been ruled a violation of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That from Quebec Superior Court Judge uh, Justice Thomas Davis. So what now? Joining us to talk more about this ruling in this case, very pleased to welcome to the program Julius Gray, attorney who was representing, in fact, 16 plaintiffs in this matter. Mr. Gray, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, tell us a bit more about what, what this law stipulated and, and what the argument was against it. Well, the law stipulated, uh, it wasn't a law, it wasn't properly adopted anyway, but assuming uh, it had been, it, it was still invalid because of the charter, it stipulated that if you... Marry an outsider, you cannot stay in Ganawaki. Uh, there are all sorts of excuses given, which is the administration of federal grants and so on. But in fact, uh, the, the, there was very little statistics showing that any harm came from it. In, fa- in fact, for instance, uh, Wanik's husband wanted to practice medicine on the reserve. They would have been benefiting immensely from his presence. Uh, but it, it was a real dispute inside the community well it was indeed so the the where's the charter violation here then the charter violation is it's discrimination as to civil status discrimination because you're married to someone or because you're related to someone which is not legal there are other aspects of it also that violate the charter so in general the charter does not permit uh, this type of discrimination private life and so on violation of one's private life Right. Um, now, this, I mean, at the same time, the, the judge recognizes the importance in protecting Mohawk culture, right? Yes. Yes, he does. He, the judge was very diplomatic. He recognized that both sides had a, a point in what they did. However, one of the points was illegal. It was just plain illegal. And so uh, the judge had no choice but to apply the law. He said it would be better if the Mohawks could do it themselves. But if you can't and if there's an illegality, then the court must step in. So is it that the residents of this community are being discriminated against by being told who they can and cannot marry? or well, is... those who marry out are being discriminated against. Because right. You can't stay in the community in which you grew up, in which you have roots, in which you have land, in which you, your parents live, and so on. It is a, uh, I, I think it's a rather unique situation because most First Nations don't have a law like that. Most of them do permit you to live on your, in your home with your spouse. 
What about the, the non-natives who are essentially being told that they're not welcome in that community? Well, that was not... Uh, you mean the spouses? Right. The spouses are in the same position, as, in many ways, the same position as the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Mohawk spouses. They're people who, whose private life is being intervened in. But this case did not uh, raise the issue of can anybody, can you and I settle in Kanawagi? I think the okay. answer might be no, but for other reasons. Uh, the question here is one of can they make rules about who can have his family with him. What have these these plaintiffs, what, what has been their experience in, well, in their dealing with the council and others in the community? Their experience is varied. There have been different people. First of all, in recent years, there have been uh, demonstrations outside people's home, get out, stay out, you don't belong, and so on. Uh, there's been a complete reluctance to deal with things when they've complained that nothing was ever done. And the council has started sending letters saying, you're supposed to leave, you're supposed to do the, you're not supposed to be here. And so, in other words, there's been pressure. Sometimes it boiled over. Most of the time it was just very unpleasant pressure, uh, trying to make you feel unwelcome. Uh, you couldn't live in peace with your children. You couldn't, uh, uh, some people actually left because of this, and some other people stayed and braved the, 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 the elements. Uh, but in fact, it was a, a very difficult life, very difficult if you're a peaceful person who wants to remain in, in his community with his friends. Uh, of the 16, how many have left the community? I'm not sure. I don't have my file here. I'm home, actually, recuperating okay. from knee surgery, so I, oh, really? I couldn't look up the individual but, uh, cases. But uh, some have. Some have, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. What is their status now? I mean, obviously, the, the community has the option to appeal, but does this mean that, that the law is no longer in force as of today? No. If, if they appeal, then the, the, then the judgment is supposedly not in force. Uh, at least parts of it can be put in force, but not, not others. However, the judge expressed the hope that the people in Ganawaki would get together after this judgment and work out uh, an arrangement which can satisfy people's right to a satisfactory private life and, and at the same time determine uh, who is a Mohawk and so on. There, there are ways of doing it which, are, which don't involve uh, uh, violating uh, anybody's sacred beliefs and, and do not permit. One thing you cannot do is permit the separation of spouses. So that would be the ideal solution at this point. The ideal point. would be that the, the people would realize, you know, this has been simmering for many years. I yeah. started getting people coming to see me in the uh, 15, 20 years ago, and, you know, they weren't ready. Not everybody's ready to take action, and there were all sorts of considerations for and against, and not everybody was immediately attacked. But it's been simmering for a very long time, and this is the first time that a judge has finally taken the bull by the horn and said that's not legal. There's another case that's going through the courts that I'm not involved in, but uh, that is going through the Federal Human Rights Commission, uh, and I think it's going to get an enormous boost in the arm from this case. I mean, I think uh, a commission will almost certainly follow a court uh, in, in defining what's right and wrong. Well, very interesting. Mr. Gray, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for making some time for us. All the best with your knee surgery, too. Thank you very much. Take care. Uh, that is Julius uh, Gray, very well-known uh, constitutional and human rights lawyer who took on this case uh, of these uh, 16 plaintiffs in Ganoake who argued that their rights were being violated. And the judge has agreed. So as Julius Gray says, maybe an opportunity here for the community to take a less confrontational approach with these individuals. This is...
been such a, a long simmering issue, though. It's, it's hard to imagine a, a quick and amicable resolution. But hopefully. Here's, uh, for example, the National Post uh, report today on, on one of the individuals involved in this case. Uh, Marie Stacy lives on the reserve with her non-native partner, testified she received a notice telling her to leave. She attended a public meeting where one participant suggested a return to the 1970s when we burned their non-natives' houses, she told the court. As the decision reads, quote, Miss Stacy is scared of what is happening on the reserve, scared that people might come to her home. Being a plaintiff in the present lawsuit has given her little comfort as at least one Facebook post referred to the plaintiffs as having targets on the back of their heads. Now, the plaintiffs have been seeking $50,000 in damages each. The judge said that was, uh, sum was excessive. He awarded, though, a total of 35000 to be divided among seven plaintiffs who he said were harmed. It says people's lives have been affected. Because the argument from the Mohawk Council of Ganawake was that this is all theoretical. The council has not forcibly evicted anyone. But again, to suggest that it hasn't an impact on people's lives is, is absurd. So, significant decision. We'll see if uh, the Ganawaki Mohawk Council is prepared to accept it, prepared to accept the jurisdiction of the court to pronounce on this. But it's significant that, look, these residents have charter rights. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.